What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. state of mind appreciate you guys listening in per usual huge crazy probably one of the craziest um sports weeks that we've ever had in history probably the craziest college sports week that we've ever had um so special circumstances call for special guests today i have greg Moraz with me uh he works with the pac-12 he was around for that day and that week to kind of give us a kind of, uh, uh, you know, what don't we see type of deal. Greg, thank you so much for for coming on and, and joining us, man. Always, Ant. And for those that are listening and have not heard me before, I am actually a former Blue Wire employee. I was full-time <laughs> at Blue Wire when Ant's pod first joined our network, and I moved on to the Pac-12 because I love college athletics. I was raised in college athletics. I went to a Big Ten school, just like you, Ant. A uh, Big Ten school who, by the way, had one of the worst basketball teams that I've ever seen this year. I mean, my goodness, uh, Northwestern. <laughs> the fact that they were one of the four teams that actually played in the Big Ten tournament is just it, honestly, it's a crime. It, it it seriously is a crime that Northwestern actually got the opportunity to play in the Big Ten tournament. That's true. Hey, does Collins come back next year, you think? I mean, considering the fact that his contract runs through 2026, they basically – he was one of the, like, four consults that they were able to – get architectural input on the new arena. I mean, Ant, you played in the old Welsh Ryan Arena. I mean, it needed an update. Yes, yes, it was. was. I loved it. But he was one of the guys that they basically allowed him to make some of the architectural designs effectively like a second Cameron Indoor. And Collins will be back. He'll be back for a while, but... You know, the recruiting class that they had this year, you know, guys like Boo Booey and Ryan Young have proven to be successful pieces in terms of scoring. Uh, Miller Cop as a junior, I think, is going to actually make a couple of big strides. But, you know, I just don't know how this team is going to be coached because they have all this talent. And I swear to God, Ant, I've seen this for seven years and they still don't know how to break a press. Like my junior year in college was Collins's first year and they still don't know how to break a press. It is, it is mind boggling. <laughs> so you were around where a couple years ago, you guys were beating Michigan state by like 30 and end up losing at, at home. I think. 
Yeah, I actually, so I was actually on the golf course because the season was going poor enough to that point where I was like, I'm just not going to watch this anymore. I look at my phone, I distinctly remember I was on the second tee, and I saw the score at halftime, and I'm like, there's no way they win this game. And sure enough, they don't win this game. And it's funny enough, Ant, I'm sitting, so we have a, at Pac-12 Network, we have our green room, we call it the touchdown room, where the producers, the research department where I am, and the host talent all sit in this same room at the same time. And our coordinating producer has given me a lot of, uh, you know, ribbing over the year of Northwestern and how bad they've been. And this is the game, I can't remember exactly when it was, but this was the game where they were up like 13 against Purdue at home with five minutes left. And I'm like, you watch, they're not going to win this game. And Purdue (laughs) closes the game on like, I can't remember what the run was, but I think it was like 11 nothing over the last like 2.30. I'm just like, this is the epitome of Northwestern basketball, and <laughs> I am fully I am fully in it. <laughs> I'm with you. Hey, you guys did win a tourney game and then almost beat Gonzaga, right? This is true. I actually had a chance to be in Salt Lake City for that tourney game, and basically Chris Collins losing his cookies over the big goaltending, right? Yeah, the the goaltending non-goaltending call on Zach Collins. Yeah. And that Gonzaga team ended up going all the way to the championship game and really nothing has ever been the same since then. Makes you wonder what would Evanston be like if they went to a final four? Ooh. It would be off the hook without <laughs> without question. It'll be pandemonium. It'll be wild. That will be wild. So North, so that was Northwestern's first ever NCAA tournament, right? That was their first tournament, yes. And they Unreal. actually got a win. So now Nebraska is the only high major school without a win in the NCAA tournament. They're going to get a win. I mean, Fred Hoiberg has he's so proven good. in his he's so good. He, he's That's proven in his time at Iowa State that he can recruit premier athletes. And I know that this year was insanely rough for that program and especially watching what Hoiberg had to go through not only having to add two football players to the team but his own personal sickness on Wednesday night I think that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with I mean and I just from a non-coronavirus perspective like this year in the Big Ten was something special and I just think You've got so many programs that are set up to be big hitters down the line moving forward. Yeah, it's um I will say that there is a there is a consistency right now with um with good teams. I will say that this year, well college in general was missing that star punch this year. So there were a bunch of, you know, okay to good teams, but they were all pretty much in that same realm and the Big Ten is a buzzsaw for two reasons. One, you have very good coaching. Uh two, you don't get a lot of guys leaving early. I know Michigan doesn't really hasn't followed that rule, but you see a lot of guys going three, four years at each program. So you see a lot more consistency, um, not too much volatility. Um that's why, you know, you know, Purdue, they were one shot away from going to a Final Four. Michigan State, they've been to like eight or nine Final Final Fours. You have Michigan, two Final Fours in the last several years. Maryland, as talented as they are, they just got their first. It was and it was just a share 
um, you know, coming from the ACC. You would think one of the top teams in the ACC come over to the Big Ten. You would think that they would just straight up dominate. That just hasn't been the case. Um, it is a very, very tough league, very, very well-coached league. Um, Brad Underwood had to change his entire coaching philosophy um, when he got to the to the league. That's how good it was. He couldn't get by with certain things and he knew that. And, you know, and he had to change pretty much everything, scrap everything he knew and just restart with a whole different philosophy. That's why you get guys like Kofi Coburn in there. I mean, I swear watching that guy play and watching him match up against Luca Garza this year in the two Illinois, Iowa games that I watched. Absolute joy. And I'll say this, I think, and they're still going to do all the national awards, Luca Garza, I think, has a chance to be National Player of the Year. If not be. Marcus Howard, or if not Miles Powell, or if not Peyton be Richard from Oregon. Like, yeah, it should I agree. be Garza. Garza's so freaking good, man. That dude, I mean, like, he went on a streak where 20-plus in, like, 9 or 10, he just – a straight monster. Like, and he got you A, he got you out. And the funny part is, you know, he's not he's not on any mock drafts. <laughs> he's not on any mock drafts right now. Um, so he may return. So like, you know, you know, guys guys like that, you know, guys like that are the ones that make programs thrive. Like Cassius Winston Great basketball player. He couldn't leave after his junior year because he just just wasn't – he just didn't have the NBA specs. You know what I mean? And that's why you see Michigan State just just does such a great job. Uh, and then Kofi Coburn, I mean, he's like – he is almost like 21 as a, a freshman. But dude is like – dude is like 7 foot, 300 pounds. That is the biggest dude. <laughs> if someone looks big on TV – <laughs> they are huge in real life. Huge. I'll in say real this: life. like in our conference in the Pac-12, like we've got three big men, all freshmen, that I think have a chance to go in the first round of the NBA draft. I think if you're going to go from, I'm going to go from bottom up. Zeke Naji's a double double machine. He's got a really Arizona. good jumper. Yeah. yeah, for for a guy that's you know six nine. Uh, Isaiah Stewart uh, was just Washington. an absolute yeah. monster on a really underperforming Washington team this year. Yeah. And then Onyeko Kongwu from USC. I mean, that guy has got hops out the gym. His first collegiate game, he had eight blocks. And, Is that the kid you know, from Chino Hills? Yeah, so he was a freshman when Lonzo Ball was a senior. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen pictures with him and, like, LaMelo over the past, like, couple couple uh, weeks. Um, that dude is – oof. That dude is really athletic. That dude is crazy Yeah, athletic. so he actually, in the UCLA game, the final game of their year, he rolled off of a screen, and Jonah Matthews just bounced past it to him, and he had an open lane and just threw it down with absolute unbridled thunder, and it was <laughs> it was a joy to watch. <laughs> also, also, I do have Michigan State people who, like, listen in, so kind of ease up on the Isaiah Stewart stuff. They were like – Michigan State was, like, his final two or three schools – and uh, whenever him or Vernon Carey does something crazy, all I see is Michigan State fans just, like, lamenting all of it. Just lamenting all of it. 
I still remember when I was in school how much they were lamenting losing Caleb Swanigan. Yeah, yeah, because he went to Purdue like like at the very last second, I believe. I will say this, Ant, that is a guy that I thought was going to have a much better start to his pro career than he has. Really? Yeah, really? I just I looked at him in college. I'm like, this is a big guy that that clears the glass has a has a really good like he worked so hard to get his body from what it was and know everybody knows the stories about him being 350 pounds in high school right. and getting to where he was and, and being able to step out and hit the type of jumpers that he did I thought that he was going to have a fantastic start to his NBA career and it just hasn't been the case and I feel for the guy because I've from everywhere that I've heard I heard he's just an incredibly introspective and, and kind human being NBA is tough. I mean, you're going against the best of the best. You know, you're going up against, you know, presumably the top 500 players in the world at that given time. You know what I mean? So um, it's hard. It's tough. But no one can take from him that, you know, he made it and he's getting that opportunity to take that next step. Yeah, man. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll have seen the last collegiate games of, of so many elite freshmen. You know, we obviously saw the the final game of James Wiseman a while ago, but right. you know, as somebody that works in the Pac-12 and I, I love Pac-12 basketball, like I just saw the last game of Okongwu and Stewart and, and Najee and Nico Mannion and on the senior side, guys like Peyton Pritchard who yeah. just grinded it out for four years. And yeah. it's just, it's really sad. It, just, the whole scenario is really yes he is. Pritchard's I, I have the uh, he made more big shots this year. I know in the game against Michigan he made a huge shot against Washington. I mean huge shot. That he, is, seven straight he seven straight possessions <laughs> destroyed us. I'll say this, and the Pac-12 comparison is T.J. McConnell, the former Arizona point guard. Like Peyton Pritchard is never going to be a star in the NBA, but if TJ McConnell can be a can be a, a frequent reserve point guard, yeah. then Peyton Pritchard's going to have a job in the NBA. He's got to find the right niche. That's all it is. If if he can find the right if if he can find the right squad, he can have a very good NBA career. If McConnell goes to twenty five other teams, he's probably in Europe by now. But the fact that he went to a team like like the Sixers who needed another ball handler badly, whole team full of wings and shooters and scores, he found a perfect niche, a perfect team for him. Um, and I I think that Pritchard, I, Pritchard in my opinion, I mean, he's way better than, uh, than uh, TJ by far. Um, I think... I think he has a shot to go probably like mid second, but I think he can he can find a find a spot in the league for a very long time. He's such a good player. He's a killer, man. He's a straight up I killer. I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. Um so all right, so you work with the with the uh you work with the with the uh Pac twelve. Now coronavirus starts coming out. At what point were at what point did you were you hearing mumblings or you got something saying that hey uh, you know we may have to adjust how how we 
just adjust how we are going to run Pac-12 games and maybe the Pac-12 tournament. So to clarify something, I I am under the purview of the Pac-12 conference, but I am directly a reporter of the Pac-12 network. So I mainly work on the TV side. Like everybody is technically a conference employee, but Mm -hmm. my purview is under the TV side. So there's a lot of communication. The reason I clarify that is there's a lot of communication that comes from the conference that at least people in my position have absolutely no idea about. It was on Saturday of the women's tournament where we see rumblings that, hey, we may not send our men's studio crew to Vegas. We already had our women's studio crew there, and you know there was no point in sending them home. It, it had not gotten to this point yet, mm-hmm. and the announcement comes out that Fox Sports and all their subsidiaries, which include Big Ten Network, are not going to send their studio crews to their respective tournaments. So... All of our hosts were basically saying, hey, I don't know if we're necessarily going to be going to Las Vegas. And it kind of stayed in that holding pattern. And then everything just explodes because of growing fears and more confirmed yeah. cases. And I and I don't know if it was this way for you, but I think the moment where it just accelerated to the top was when Rudy Gobert tested positive. And that's where everybody went on high alert. That's where it went right. from, this is serious, okay, we're going to bar fans, to, okay, everything needs to go away now. And look, as somebody with a 91-year-old grandmother aunt, I cannot understate the value of taking precaution is 1,000% the right thing to do. And we got tons of emails from Commissioner Larry Scott about mm-hmm. you know the need to, to be able to, to keep – everyone's sequestered and keep everybody safe because you you have absolutely no idea who you're putting at risk. And look, I am talking to you from my house. I have not worked at home since I started a Pac-12 network. This is the (laughs) first day that I have worked at home. We're not allowed to come in. My department is determined because I work in staffs and research and I can basically do everything on the internet anyway. Like I have to work from home for the foreseeable future and there are no sports. And being on the West Coast where you have two areas like San Francisco, the San Francisco Bay Area, and Seattle, which are the two highest affected areas in the United States per coronavirus, like University of Washington has basically completely shut down and gone to online. Stanford has gone to online. Cal has done the same thing. UCLA is doing the same thing. I mean, it's just I cannot remember a day like Wednesday where every moment I opened up Twitter, there was something else. And there were so many people in our own network control room that had absolutely no clue what was going on. And we're just seeing the leads of other conferences, and we're just all thinking, when's the shoe going to drop for us? When's the shoe going to drop for us? And I found it remarkable, and and I want to hear what you think about this, that the Big East actually started the first game of their day (laughs) on Thursday. They like, did. What are they thinking? They did. They did. They did. So I. So all right. So my whole thing was they. You know, Michigan was going to play Rutgers at noon. Um, I I set up all my meetings because I pretty much have my own schedule. I set up my meetings with clients around this time, right? Um, but I jet to the grocery store right quick to pick some essentials up. So I'm a little bit late getting to my house to stream. 
I put my phone away, right, for like 25 to 30 minutes. I run inside. I call my wife and I say, hey, hey, can you come outside? Help me with this with this uh, stuff. I'm late streaming, blah, blah, blah. Put all the stuff away. I don't even look at my Twitter, nothing. I run to my computer, upload like, you know, upload all my stuff, change my mixer name, and then I and I go right on to the BTN site and and like I'm like looking at this black dude talking and I'm like, why is Mel Tucker on the screen right now? It wasn't Mel Tucker, it was the new Big Ten commissioner. And then all I did was read I read the Big Ten tournament was canceled. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me wild 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 stuff the big east the big east and then i look over to the right and i click on uh creighton st john's to see what their alert is and they're tipping off (laughs) i'm like what i'm like wait a minute so these dudes can hoop but we can't hoop like what is going on and then of course i tweet you know non-football schools know that ball is life you know, <laughs> um, but, you know, they're out there playing, they're out there hooping and all this fun stuff. Uh, I really think, I think the Rudy Gobert thing was the, 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 the absolute big one. But I think the one thing that it was, I think it was two things that really set it off. To cancel the NCAA tournament, I'm hearing that, one of the colonial conference referees tested positive for the coronavirus. And I think that's what got them to cancel it altogether. But when the Ivy league shut their stuff down and then said, Yale's going to go to the NCAA tournament from that point, all I'm thinking is there's no, I'm like, well, one of those things like, like, like this is the first time where I'm just like, okay, there's no way that everyone's going to cancel and then everything's just going to fall off a cliff. Like, no, 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 no. There's no way. There's too much money in this for the NCAA. There's no way this is going to happen. And sure enough, uh, from that day forward, it just snowballed, snowballed. And then Rudy Gobert was like the biggest snowflake on that thing and then just set fire to everything, man. Um, then it crossed over into other sports and, you know, now it's more of like, it's, I'm not calling it a quarantine because bars are still open and all that stuff. But, uh, but you know, it's, you know, about a week ago, people were kind of laughing about it. Now it's like, holy crap, you know, we, we, we need to, you know, get this thing under control before it becomes a more, a more crazy thing. Yeah, and the thing that I look at from the perspective of the Pac-12 schools is that you have got such high-risk areas on the West Coast because the West Coast was affected before anywhere else in the country was, and the risk factor is just that much higher. And not only that, when the governor of Washington is putting in a crowd ban because he's that concerned, and you have an NCAA regional in Spokane, now granted, eastern part of the state, nowhere near Seattle, Still, there is concern. There are people that commute from Seattle, Spokane for for different business. Now, granted, they fly. They don't drive. That's a five-hour drive through the middle of nowhere. Trust me, I've done it. Um, (laughs) 
Don't ask me why I've done it, but I've done it. And there's just not enough of a reward for the type of risk that you're taking. But it is an unprecedented time, and I don't know, kind of in the aftermath of all these cancellations, like, they canceled the freaking Masters. Like, that's unreal to me. A golf tournament. Like, yeah. I've spent the last three days on the golf course because I'm not allowed to work in the office, and <laughs> there's no way I'm contracting any diseases among cypress trees and grass unless right. there's something that I don't know about and, you know, some, like, you know, dangerous wood beetle or something. But it's just I am at a loss for these athletes. Um, I do want to say it, one athlete in particular on the women's side of things, uh, Sabrina Ionescu, who yeah. was – personal friends with Kobe Bryant not only does you know the, the loss of Kobe happen for her but she comes back to Oregon turning down the number one overall pick in the WNBA draft and and I don't know if you watched any of Oregon women's basketball this year like I pretty She's much watched killer. every pack She's I watched every, she had 27 career triple 26 career triple doubles that's a lot in college? That's a lot. That's a That's lot. A lot. That's a lot. You want to know how much a lot that is? That is 14 more than the next highest person ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. She's ridiculous. First one with two one and one, right? 2,000 points, 1,000 boards, 1,000 assists. Whew. She was a killer. Like, she that's was gonna, it. She was going to end up break. She was going to end up breaking more records. And. That team was by far, in my opinion, and I, you know, hopefully there aren't many South Carolina fans that are listening to this show, and my guess is that they aren't. But uh, <laughs> you never but, know. It, you know, there. I thought Oregon was the best team in women's college basketball. I yeah. saw them enough to know, like, they're an at, they're a steamroller. They're yeah. a steamroller that is coming straight at you, and you better get up or get out the way. And they, in my opinion, were going to win it all if they were given the chance to. And now a team that not only has somebody like a Sabrina Ionescu, but a girl by the name of Ruthie Hebert, I shouldn't say girl, a woman, Ruthie Hebert, who set the Pac-12 field goal percentage record for her career. Like she had, she shot 68% from the field this year. I mean, imagine that. I don't care what level of basketball you're at. If you're shooting That's 68% from the field, you're having a fantastic year. Now, I know Udoka Azabuki, who basically doesn't shoot from outside two feet, has got like a 75% field goal <laughs> percentage. But, you know, that's that's an exception to the rule here. Right. I'm just heartbroken for all of these seniors. And to bring it back to a Michigan perspective, uh, Xavier Simpson, like that guy grinded it out for four years. I know he had his issues this year, but you know yeah. that was in the John Beeline school of dependable four-year point guards, you know, following a Derek Walton and you know Walton following a Trey Burke. And I know that I might be leaving somebody else uh, out of there, but I mean the fact that Simpson doesn't get to play in an NCAA tournament and John Teske doesn't get to play in an NCAA tournament and, and Cassius, Cassius Winston, Winston yeah. Cassius Winston doesn't get a chance to to go for a title. From and, all that, you know, that dude's been through too, man. He's 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 been through the ringer all year, um, and this was just the cherry on top for, you know, for all for like everything that that dude has been through, man. I mean, from what happened to his brother and just you know just to open up the the uh, year and just battling that, and then and then 
five games ago, the you know he, Izzo sat down with Cassius's parents and was you know and pretty much said that hey look you can be hard on our kid you know stop trying to coach him with these mittens on you know coach him hard he needs to be coached from that point on he's he was hitting like over seventy percent from three or something wild I mean that's crazy but what where are you like we're talking about these seniors. Where are where are you? Because I asked Twitter to say, "Hey, ask me questions for you know, ask me questions that you want me to ask uh, you." Where are you on? Do you think seniors on basketball teams should they be able to play next year because they pretty much had their postseason rob? You know, that's a really tough question, Ant, because there are a bunch of contingencies that you'd have to put in place to that let me remind you number one and I'm sure that as a former college athlete you understand how this works where are the scholarships for these guys like where are the scholarships going to be for the seniors when you've already had x amount of freshmen coming in to replace the seniors that are going out you know how are you 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 can't just tell all these freshmen hey sorry you know you you can't come you know, the NCAA might have to, to make a contingency to allow extra players on a roster for a year. And sure. if they're set to be in grad school, now I remember, at least at Northwestern when I was a student, that if you were a grad student athlete, you had to either be doing an internship or be taking a one-year grad program. So, you, you know, you have to figure out how these people are going to, to fit into their various grad programs, which really shouldn't be that difficult but I'm not opposed to it the only thing that I think it's going to bring into a difficult mindset is that if you go into football season and for some reason football season ends up getting delayed which god forbid I hope that does not happen but who the heck knows at this point like I'm I'm getting emails left and right from SIDs in the Pac-12 saying spring football delayed spring football practices suspended till further notice i mean everything is just shutting down i told somebody i said everything just man i told somebody i said this is like zombie land in real life except we don't have a kick-ass woody harrelson to come in and save us (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy man everything is like the spring game is huge the spring practices are huge for the fans. It's big for recruiting. They've shut recruiting down for like the next month. And that's going to suck because there's big events for basketball coming up in April. There's big events for football coming up here. Um, it's, you know, it's going to throw a wrench into a lot of things. You know, even, even for the ones who are trying to get drafted, like there's no more face-to-face contact. Now people have to talk via like, like via like only like online. Like it's like, it is amazing what this thing is doing. Um, where I'm at with the whole thing is that uh, with these, you know, seniors, like it's, it stinks. It sucks. But I don't think they they can do that. I think the NSA did do a good job with the spring sports of saying seniors you can come back. But if you're a senior of a winter sport, you've you've completed ninety what ninety five 
96% of your season. Um, and, you know, some seniors there, they were, they were, they were done last week. Um, so, you know, do they get to come back and do it all over again? Or is it just a select few? Um, so I think they, they did it right with, uh, with, uh, spring seniors have the ability to come back. I'm just not sure what they're, what they're going to do with the scholarship limits and all that. They may do like a one year waiver on how many you can get, but are schools going to take advantage of that and hoard a bunch of freshmen in who knows, who knows? I don't think that Mark Emmert has put himself in a situation to where he can waffle on anything. I think that if this subject gets brought before him, they're going to have to make, you know, 1,000% decisive, decisive decisions. This is what we're doing. We're doing this now. This is the way it is. If you don't like it, then, you know what, that's too bad. It's going to hurt some people. It's going to help other people. But I don't know what you necessarily do. Like, to your point, everybody has played basically a full college basketball season. You know, I don't know how you can grant people that have already played four college years a fifth year of eligibility for just for the purposes of them not getting to play in the postseason. It's right. just, I don't know, man. Like, you say one thing, it's the right answer. You say another thing, it's the wrong answer. And I don't necessarily know what is the right thing to say to strike the right tone just because right. you feel for these kids, but at the same time, you have to understand that what's lost is lost at this point, and there's really no turning back. Like, I worked in minor league baseball for five years. Like, there's a good chance that minor league baseball season gets delayed enough to the point to where they'll cut the entire season in half, if quite possibly not have it at all. For those listening, most of, you know, baseball has spring training complexes in Arizona or Florida. And a lot of minor league players that don't make full season rosters, they end up staying in what is called extended spring training uh, for basically about two and a half months before they go to short season teams in various leagues on the West and East Coast. And there's a possibility that if this goes on long enough, all the minor league players could end up staying at their respective spring, spring training complexes and there might not be any minor league baseball this year. And, Jeez. you know, that robs fans of the ability to connect with their communities just like the NCAA tournament has robbed fans of you know getting to be attached to their school and like I don't know what your reaction was at first I mean everything moved so quickly but when I heard that the NCAA tournament was going to play without fans you know some of the biggest advantages in those arenas are the fans like they make the atmosphere is what they were. And I almost think that it's better that they're not playing it at all than playing it in front of nobody because the atmosphere would have been really awkward. And I mean, who the heck knows? Like there is a clip. Do you remember a couple of years ago when there were riots in Baltimore and yes. the White Sox and the Orioles played a game in front of nobody? Yes. Yes, I do. I definitely and, do. And so Somebody found a clip on Twitter of Orioles broadcaster Gary Thorne effectively like acting like a golf announcer on like the first play of the game. And it was like it was funny, but at the same time it was like this is literally the only guy I can hear. I can hear 
broadcaster, ball hit bat, and that's it. And yep. that's what it would have been like. Just and heck, could you, imagine, could you imagine Kevin Harlan sitting at a courtside table with the type <laughs> of broadcast that he has, just like shout it, shouting to the shouting to the empty heavens of the arena? I mean that that would have been kind of funny to be honest. Like not to be insensitive or anything, but that would have been pretty funny. It would have. It would have. But you know, you would have. I think that was. Um, I honestly think that a lot of fans missed out on being able to hear because they don't want to understand how much communication goes on during a basketball game, and I think that would have been really cool for them to to see the see a different perspective of the game, not get caught up in the cheers or the boos or all that stuff. Like they like you know the mics will be able to pick up things so much more clearly, and you can hear the coaches a lot better. You can hear players on the court a lot better communicating. You know you know before the ball gets thrown in during the game. Um, that's one thing that I kind of wish. Um, we could have had for just maybe just one day to just go through it where there's no fans and, you know, people can just listen and listen to the communication on the basketball court. Have you had a chance to watch any of the FS1 all-access games? I know that they did a few with the Big East last year and this year, and they did one actually in the Pac-12 this year. It was Colorado and Oregon State, and it was highly entertaining. Like Hearing the coaches, like how they actually call out plays or how they ride the ref or how they're instructing their guys on defense, Like that part of it is really cool to me. It was also cool uh, hearing Oregon State's Wayne Tinkle say the word jump stop to his players about 50,000 times inside the locker room. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, I watched I watched two Big Ten games like that, and uh, it was very nostalgic because I'm just like, I'm like, wow, like people are getting to hear. Like the camera was in a huddle for the whole duration. Like you do not get that access as a fan ever. Like ever, 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 ever. Like people need to replay those games just so you can understand what you know what happens in a huddle. Seeing Brad Underwood there saying nothing because two teammates were talking and explaining something happening in the game. Like something little like that. Like, you know, you just don't ever see you don't ever get that in regular public high school because everyone's looking at, at the coach with these big eyes, like, okay, what do I do next? There's so much self-coaching that goes on. There's so much um, – there's, there's you know, so much accountability that goes on during the game. And, you know, coaches don't react much to the good things that happen, but they'll react big time to, to – to one of their players being two feet out of the right spot. Um, but, yeah, they need to do more of that. They need to do more of that. As long as the coaches sign off on it, uh, I thought that was one of the coolest experiences that uh, that I've seen, especially I believe it was on FS1. So good, man. So, so good. Loved it. Great content. It was awesome, man. And – I'm just I'm I'm just sad just thinking about this. Like I'm now doing prep notes for football, and my mind was still in basketball mode, and <laughs> the totality of 
what happened and how exponentially it's grown. Like we use the word exponential growth a lot, but we really don't understand what it means until we actually see something like this. Like there is a website and there was a radio host in the Bay Area that had this guy, Professor Nate Howard of the University of San Francisco. I encourage you to go check him out. He is a data scientist and he basically put online how the numbers in regards to pandemics work and how you can expect numbers to climb and to jump. And that's why we've seen everything. Like we've gotten the right people to be able to understand that this is going to get far worse, far quicker. And that's why we're taking these preventative measures. And the thing that's scary about coronavirus is that you might not know that you have it. Like that's the scariest part of it is that like with Rudy Gobert, he wasn't even feeling symptomatic. And, you know, he's making, you know, I got to ask you not to turn the the interview around on you, but, like, some people are saying that if Gobert hadn't acted foolishly by coughing over the microphones and touching the voice recorders that we might still be playing NBA basketball and we might still be playing college basketball. But at the same time, but at the same time, people are saying that, like, while he was an idiot, he brought awareness to all of this by testing positive. It was almost like he is the sacrificial lamb on the pyre of... It's just... Man, I saw this guy. This guy named Jason McIntyre was talking about that. Um, I saw the little caption on Twitter. He, Rudy Gobert is not some martyr... Uh, he, like, he's not some martyr. He was just he, an idiot. That's what he was. He right, was just, exactly. he was acting a fool. He, shit, that would be a perfect segment for Shacked and a Fool. He was totally <laughs> Shacked and a Fool. And doing yes. it, and doing it in a way that was irresponsible. Like, I, I'm listening to different perspectives. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to think or what opinion I'm supposed to have because I don't know if I'm saying the right thing or the wrong thing, but... I mean, when I just saw that at the time, when I saw that video, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And and then today, not to get, you know, Fiesta Politico here, but the president is having this press conference and he's shaking everybody's hand. Like, yeah. aren't we supposed to not be doing that right now? Exactly. Exactly. I heard a kid tested positive in Flint uh, when he got an autograph from Gobert, either in Detroit or Boston. I'm not... I'm not too sure where, but he got an autograph for him, and he and he tested positive for it here. Unreal, unreal, man. Um, so what is life going to be like now? I mean, what is what be, is life like with no sports? Like, I, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, I'm I'm writing notes for football games in the spring that might not happen. I'm and, gonna read. I'm gonna read a lot. I'm gonna get a lot of reading done. I like the sound of that. Uh, watch a lot of thirty for thirties and uh, you know, audio books, regular books. Um, I've gotten back into out of the park baseball, which is a general manager sim game. I literally was up till about two thirty in the morning last night playing about half a season of it. You know, I get right. to sign contracts and do all this stuff. Like I, I need something to, I need something to keep myself occupied, man. Like it's this is. This is not you. fun, and I don't like working at home. Like, it's not. It's not fun. Like there's so many. There's so many distractions. Yeah, I'm with you. 
I'm with you. Did they ever discuss post like uh, postponement at all? Like at all? Were they like, hey, let's let's just you know, like uh, you know, we've had schools reach out to like, and we're working on just making this uh, Pac-12 tournament a week later because the NCAA is going to postpone theirs. Anything like that? I don't think there was any conversation of having anything happen in real time. I think that every conference was kind of playing off the tune of the next one and seeing how the situation developed. And basically it was kind of a game of follow the leader. Like looking at Twitter on Thursday morning, it was the Big Ten cancels. Now the Big 12 cancels. Now the ACC cancels. And I'm just waiting in my email. I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for ours. Like it's 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 going to happen. And sure enough, then it happened. And then I look and see. You know, I know we already talked about this. Like the Big East decided to play, and then they canceled during halftime. And then you know, I'm watching CNN. I went out to lunch because I just needed to get out of the house. And I've been working at home. I was actually off technically Wednesday and Thursday. So today was actually supposed to be my first day back in the office since Tuesday. And so this is like my first full day, like working back in the house. And I'm just like, how do people do this? Like, how do people do yeah. this? Like, I, I don't, I had to, I ride the train. I ride uh, our San Francisco public transit system to work every day. And when I had to go downtown, I live a little bit on the south side of the city. And I'm putting gloves on to, to hold on to the bar above the, uh, you know, on the roof of the train car. It's just like, yeah, life is changing. And I mean, this will eventually go away. But I think the scary part of it is for, you know, whether you're a sports fanatic or not, is that there's no timetable. There's no set. There's no set end for this. And that's the scary part. Like we're living in this world of ambiguity And I think one of the scariest things in life for anybody, this applies beyond just sports, it certainly is for me, is uncertainty. Like, not knowing what's next is freaking scary. 100%, man. Like, (laughs) I love being in control of everything. And, And when I'm not in control, like, I get, like, super high anxiety. This is giving me high anxiety. That's why I'm saying, you know what? I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, work myself over something that I can't control. That's why, you know, I have to look at, you know, what are some things that I need to get done that I've been putting off because sports is always there, because sports are always on. Either sports are on or someone's talking about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now there's really nothing going on. I mean, this is a great time to just catch up on things that you've been putting off for a long, long time, man. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm still working because in stats and research, there are many things that we can get ahead on. And I'm be thankful to be ahead on certain things by the time that we actually get back to sports and get back to work. But you know, this is going to have ramifications. Like, what is going to happen to the NBA draft? I mean, how are you accurately going to evaluate some of these players? And if they do decide to give certain players more eligibility, will they elect to come back? I think a lot of them probably won't that are going to be high draft prospects. Major League Baseball. Like, Major League Baseball 
has a draft scheduled for the second week of June. And <laughs> by my calculations, most teams have played no more than 20 baseball games. And most of college baseball is done. I mean, it's yep. pretty much all. It's pretty much like everybody says suspended. Everybody says postponed, you know, canceled until further notice. Like the, the season's done. Like I'm saying this. I'm saying this is my personal opinion. It obviously, no, by the way, for those of you that are, are listening, none of my opinions reflect the opinions of the Pac-12 conference. I need to <laughs> just, I just, I need to put that disclaimer out there because if, some, right. if one of my, if one of my bosses listens listens to this, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. Like these are my personal opinions. <laughs> these are not, these are not the opinions of my employer. So, and I'm sure that you probably had to say the same thing back when you were a student athlete in Michigan. Like if somebody asked you about something and. You know, it was close to the vest. Like, you know, these are the opinions of these are not the opinions of the University of Michigan basketball team or the <laughs> right. University of Michigan. These are the opinions of Ant Wright and Ant Wright alone. So, right. I, how are you going to scout players that? How are you going to draft players that haven't played? How are you going to scout yeah. players that that haven't played? Now, what are you going to? You know, how are you going to recruit guys for the next year? If, you know, on the basketball side of things, if you don't have any high school championships, like I felt like, and this happened two weeks ago, up the road from where I live as a Catholic high school, Reardon High School, they were the number six team in the state. And Reardon High School never wins in anything. Like they are having an, a magical season. And they shut themselves down before anybody else. And that Oof. was heartbreaking. Oh, and it tough. was actually and actually it just came across today. Uh, city of San Francisco has closed all public schools for at least the next month. So yeah. and, you know, San Francisco got ahead of the curve like the Warriors were supposed to play in front of an empty arena last night before the NBA suspended their season. Santa Clara County, which is where the San Jose Sharks play. They had a crowd ban of 1000 or less put in place on Monday. And. I mean, there's so many different. I mean, I feel like that we're just bird walking into an area of no return here. But I mean, this is kind of an area of no return. Like we have, to to quote Julius Caesar, we have crossed the Rubicon, and where the sports world goes from here, nobody knows. But I can just tell you, man. Like, I am yearning for the days of of fun athletic competition you know i remember when i was a freshman in college and by the way did did i tell you this in text that one time Stu douglas's mom yelled at me no <laughs> nancy yelled at you <laughs> yeah so it was a michigan northwestern game my freshman year and i was walking to the bathroom with a buddy of mine and I was basically just, you know, it was total fandom. And don't get me wrong. Like, I love the University of Michigan. It was a place that I actually wanted to go for a while. And I still root for Michigan athletics to this day. And <laughs> and I was like, man, that Stu Douglas is so annoying. And this lady walking by wearing a number one Michigan jersey. What did you say about my son? <laughs> it's like, don't you ever talk about him that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nancy. Oh, man. Oh, I am going to clip this part and I'm going to send it to her on Twitter. 
Oh, that's too good. That is too good. I love Nancy. I wonder she's, if she even remembers who I am. She probably doesn't. She probably did not even know. She probably doesn't know my name. She probably doesn't even remember the incident. But oh, yeah. she probably uh, does one hundred percent. She probably does one hundred percent. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's too funny. I have incriminated myself. Oh gosh, <laughs> Nancy, I'm I'm so sorry. Like I seriously, like I was an I was an idiot freshman. I was an idiot freshman, okay? I was an idiot freshman. <laughs> That's By the way, I must be doing something right because in time of despair, you're laughing your ass off. And I I listen to pretty much every one of your episodes, and I don't think I've heard you laugh this hard in quite a while. I have not. No, because that's hilarious. Because I'm just imagining. Because Nancy's Nancy's like Nancy's feisty, so I'm just imagining her just like going off on you. That's so funny. Oh. I mean, it was literally an incident that happened for about like five seconds, but five seconds were enough for me to remember it nine years later. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah because you were Stu's oh, teammate man. so you were so you were two years ahead of Stu weren't you yeah so uh I was I was with Stu for Stu's first two years I was with Stu for his first two years so um 08 09 and then 09 10 dude those teams my sophomore year in college was the team that made the national title I mean that team was good. Like I'll have to say, Jordan Morgan is one of the most underrated big men that has ever played at Michigan. I mean that yeah. dude just did everything right. And mm-hmm. I'll say this, at, and and turning on the nice side of things, when I was a student media member, I went to the Big Ten tournament my sophomore year, and Northwestern wasn't playing until the last game, but I didn't have class that day, and I got there early, so I took my school issued video camera and microphone and went into locker rooms for media availability. And I basically got my own one-on-one with Spike Albrecht and he could not have been nicer. Like that is seriously nice. one of the nicest dudes ever. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, one thing that, uh, one thing that, um, Beeline recruit, he recruited some like really like good people, you know, and, um, you definitely saw saw that, especially in guys like Jordan Morgan. You know, he has like two degrees of like engineering. Um, crazy smart, smart dude. Right now, he's he's over in uh, he's over in Europe. He's doing a great job there, and um, uh, overall, just just a great person. His family too, great people. Good lord, man! It's like. It's like you know. Usually the the apple does not fall very far. It's like usually when the when the kid is a jerk, it it'll take you three seconds talking to their parents. Like oh okay, I get it. Um, it's inverse with guys like Stu and guys like Jordan. It's like like you know like wow, you guys are great people. You speak with their parents. Like ah, I understand now. What do you think is next for Beeline? Because obviously the Cavs situation didn't work out, and I know that Michigan is super happy with Juwan Howard, and obviously being a guy that played there and an ambassador to the university and somebody that just 
absolutely is going to change the face of that program you know, to go to its highest heights because of the fact that he's one of the greatest Michigan basketball players ever. What What is next for Beeline, if you had to take a guess? Uh, at first, I thought that he would not get back into, into coaching, and if he did get back into coaching, it'll be for the sole purpose of um, getting his son Pat uh, back right and back on track, of getting him back in, into the whole coaching realm. Um, but then I saw him on the on the Big Ten Network being an, being an analyst, and um, he looked he he looked a bit hungry. So I don't think, and he's a competitor too. And this Cavs thing was the first time that he's ever I'm going to put failed in quotes, but the first time that he's really ever went somewhere and failed. I don't think he wants to go out like that. Um, I would not be surprised if he's back in the in the uh, Big Ten next year, or he's at some school coaching uh, next year, just doing things his way again. By the way, on a completely separate note, um, I was going to go downtown and work out as soon as we were done with this recording. I just got an email from my gym closed through <laughs> April thirtieth. <laughs> Jesus. Jeez, man, that's a month and a half. Everything around here is shut down. Like, like whole state of Michigan, K-12, schools are closed until April 6th. Like, if you are a – like, if you are a home with two parents and both parents work and you have elementary school kids, what are they going to do over this over these next – over this next month? Single parent homes, you're working full time, you're relying on your kids going to school, maybe going somewhere for a, for a few hours, then picking them up. What are they going to do? Life is already hard for them where they don't have you know multiple people, multiple hands being able to help out. Um, I think about those folks, man, and you know what they're about to go through over these next three, four weeks, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be so difficult out here. So hard. You want something else that I just thought about? And look, this is, we're talking about this in the perspective of the NCAA tournament and in terms of college athletics, but it it is so much bigger than that. Like minor league baseball teams, some of them don't have insurance that covers loss of business. So, like, yeah. the minor league baseball season, Major League Baseball was supposed to start on March 26th. Minor League Baseball opening day was supposed to be April 9th. If teams don't have coverage on loss of business insurance, you are going to have people that are not getting paid. And you know yes, what? I, 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 am, I am thankful. I am grateful to my employer that they are allowing me and my two other research department gurus to work from home and still be paid for our time. I'm, I am incredibly grateful for that. Yeah. And, you know, but a lot of people aren't as lucky. A lot of people are going to have to find new ways to make money. And I think that the response that you've seen from people like the Dallas Mavericks and Kevin Love and Zion Williamson and the Cleveland Cavaliers to take care of the people that rely on that game night income, yeah. you know, a lot of people are going to work in industries that are not as fortunate. Like, man, 
how would you, if you were working for, I don't know, say, if you're working in a restaurant and you're a full-time waiter and that's how you earn your wage, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. What are you going to do? I'm with you. I'm with you. If things get, if things take a, the next step where it's like a full quarantine, can't leave, you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, if it's going to come to that, I mean, federal government has to, has to step in because these companies still, you know, they're going to want their, they want their money. You know what I mean? They want their, you know, they would, they want their mortgage. They want their rent. They want, you know, they want your cable. They want your phone bill. Um, there's going to be a huge domino effect and someone's going to have to step in point blank period. And I don't know who that's going to be, whether it's the state or federal government or somebody. And it's sad because not, not everybody is, is, you know, fortunate. Like you said, you are in a great position. Uh, not all employers are able to do that. You know what I mean? And I'll just say this, and and I'm sure that you probably say the same way. Like, call somebody up that you haven't talked to in a while. You know, we, we're practicing social distancing right now, but that doesn't mean that we have to be socially distant. Right. Find time to connect with people that you haven't connected with for a while. You know, give somebody a call. You know, send somebody a text message. Catch up with somebody. Like, I swear... I have gotten text messages from people I haven't talked to in five years in the last two days. It's awesome. It really is. And what this has shown is that there is a lot of humanity left in this world when there are certain scenarios where we feel like, well, this is kind of the end of it all. And, you know, society is going down a rabbit hole that we're never going to get back from. This is awesome. Like, I am, I am proud of the way that so many people – around the United States and around the world have responded to this. And, you know, obviously this isn't, you know, like fighting something that is human born. Like this is a pathogen. It doesn't care. Like you can't fight this. All you can do is just be the best person that you can and hope for the best. And, you know, that's sadly the case of what it is, but just stay healthy, stay safe, stay sequestered. Not much else you can do. And thank goodness for the internet, because if it weren't for the internet, I don't know how I would do my job, and I don't know if millions of Americans would know how they would do their jobs. Exactly. 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 I'm with you, man. Uh, let's see. See if anybody has, has any questions for you. I'm impressed that people would actually have questions for me. Yeah, normally, for the sure. bet, mo- normally people ask me, "Do you want twenty five percent off your next purchase at Target?" <laughs> I'm so, very self deprecating. If you can't tell, hey man, it's all good. It is all good. Um, do you think there's any chance? Any chance? Let's say the virus gets, you know, vaccine comes out middle of next week. And the virus is just is suppressed by by next Friday. 
do you think there's any chance that they're going to be able to scramble up some things to pretty much resume back where they ended things? I think you would have to do like a two-week reset if you were to do anything at all. And I think that that would apply to any major college conference. I think that when the Ivy League said that they canceled everything, you know, maybe there was a premature – I mean, for basketball, I understand just because of the timing of the moment. But sure. to cancel the College World Series, which goes on until the third week of June, mm-hmm. how do you – how do you justify not putting that back on when it might have subsided from there? But I just – I don't think that that's going to happen. I mean, heck – I was working out in the gym yesterday, and they've closed it for the next six weeks. Six weeks! It is March 13th. I cannot go back to my gym until April 30th. It, you know, this is not going away anytime soon. Right. So, like, if I can't go back to my gym for six weeks, I, I don't see anything that says that we're going to resume competition athletically anywhere till at least June 1st. Mm. Man. Do you know how hard Sacramento was hit? With this yeah, virus? Sac- Sacramento was one of the host sites. Uh, somebody is infected in Sacramento. Uh, San Francisco, there are a decent amount of cases. San Jose actually had three TSA agents that tested positive. So, I mean, it is all it is all around me. It is all around, but the thing is, is that it's all around everybody, you know. Yeah. Especially now with, you know, Rudy Gobert, and I mean that's one case, but there are going to be instances everywhere. It's like you come into contact with one, and then another, and then it spreads, and then it spreads, and and you have no idea. Like, I feel like people in the state of Michigan probably would be feeling okay, except for the fact that Rudy Gobert played a game against the Pistons last week, and yeah. you know. It's going to go around Detroit, and, you know, somebody somebody from Detroit might end up going to Lansing, and then somebody from Lansing to Flint, and from Flint to Grand Rapids, and it's just there's no, possi- there's no possibility that seems unlikely. That's what I'll say. Right. <sighs> scary times, man. Scary, scary times. Scary, scary times. Yes, it is. By the way, I looked at your tweet in regards to soliciting questions, and there are some really funny ones on there that I can't answer. Yeah, like you know which one I'm talking about. I I did I can't even bring that up. Yeah, I no, exactly. I, uh, I I um, I I saw that your one response to that, and uh, I appreciate you doing that. So not again, a just a disclaimer: none of my opinions are the are the opinions of the Pac-12 Conference. <laughs> exactly, man. Um, so yeah, man, Greg, we've been talking for over an hour, just wild. Um, but we're right out, right out of time. As you know, you probably know the times better than I do, but, um, I do appreciate you coming on and, uh, hopefully that gym opens up sooner than later for you. Now is the time to work on my abs because all I have in here is myself, so I'm going to do a lot of crunches and a lot of push-ups and, <laughs> and maybe and maybe run around the neighborhood. I don't know. <laughs> That's all you need. It's all we need. It's all we need, baby. That was Greg Moraz. Uh, thank you once again for coming on. I really appreciate that. Um, 
As you guys know, if you're following me on Twitter, you guys know that my SeatGeek code has been paused. So don't use it because it's not going to work uh, for obvious reasons. But make sure you guys stay safe, stay cool, stay calm and collected. Uh, make sure you guys go out. And I, I know it's going to sound very panicky, but um, but make sure you guys are taking care of yourselves. Get some hand sanitizer. Wash your hands. Um, buy some Lysol. Uh, make sure the young ones and the old ones are taken care of. Call your parents almost every single day because those are the those are going to be the most, the most what you call, uh, the most, uh, the most vulnerable, the most vulnerable to the to the virus. Um, contact them. Make sure you uh, make sure you tell them how much they mean to you. Um, little things like that can help, and they go a long, long way. Like after we get off here, I'm gonna call my mom, and that's why I asked Greg about Sacramento, is because my mom and dad are out in Sacramento for two to three weeks, because uh, my mom is teaching a class out there. So I'm gonna give them a call to make sure that they're all good and ready to go. And uh, per usual, man, I'll talk to y'all soon. Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. Find what you want with your voice on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and more. No more jumping in and out of apps. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. It's a way better way to watch. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet excluding Internet essentials, one device included. Subscriptions required to access streaming services.